Welcome to the monthly Three Edge View from the Edge for July 2022. I'm Fritz Foltz, the Chief Investment Strategist here at Three Edge, and I'm joined here once again by Eric Beagleisen, Director of Investment Research and Deputy Chief Investment Officer at Three Edge Asset Management. As we do at the beginning of each month, Eric and I will provide our firm's most recent outlook for the global capital markets, which is based on our proprietary research model. We have a great deal to cover. So let's get started. The end of last month closed the door on the first six months of the year, and the S&P 500 index declined by over 20%, posting the worst first half of any year since 1970. And not only did stocks fall, but bond yields rose, meaning that the price of bonds also declined. The surge in inflationary pressure this year has forced the Fed to pivot and raise short-term interest rates aggressively in order to seek to combat inflation. Here at 3Edge, our portfolios have been positioned defensively throughout 2022, and that has paid off thus far. Of course, that was then, and this is now, and so we turn our attention to the next six months and beyond, and the important question becomes, where will the economy and the markets go from here? Can the Fed curb inflation without pushing the U.S. economy into recession, i.e., can they engineer a soft landing? Wall Street will be focused on the Federal Reserve's FOMC meeting later this month to see if the Fed will raise short-term interest rates by an additional 75 basis points in order to combat inflation, even while some recent economic data is showing signs of weakening. And as we will see when Eric goes over our market outlook, our research continues to point to concerns over economic and market weakness and the potential for a slowdown in global growth. So why don't we begin here today uh, and have Eric go over our three-edge asset class matrix chart to show how our model research for the major asset classes may have changed since last month. So Eric, I'll turn it over to you. Great. Thanks, Fritz. Um, you can see a decent amount of activity here. And generally, it's negative. Uh, in terms of equities, we see the U.S. moving to the most negative spot alongside Europe, which remains there. And then we see developed Asia, China, and India maintaining their negative one spot. So this isn't the set of warm fuzzies we like to see when making equity investments uh, from, our, from our camp. You see rates holding steady in the mixed camp with credit bumping down to the most negative spot, um, while cash moves up to the most positive spot. And then in terms of real assets, gold and commodities are in that mixed camp now. So we have much to discuss. Excellent. So first, one thing that hasn't changed clearly is that our model research is still quite negative on across the equity markets. And so why don't we just maybe if you could summarize what are the what are the common negative signs or indicators that we're seeing that cut across US, Europe, Asia? all the various as equity asset classes. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly right. The model's quite bearish across the board uh, on equities. And at a high level, we're seeing the world's major central banks tightening their monetary policy. Europe, and particularly Japan, less so, which is therefore hurting our currencies too. So you're getting negativity just across the board. The research is picking up on this, um, which is having impacts on overall negative, uh, the negative investor psychology measures that we, we create, uh, flattening yield curve measures, uh, and widening credit spreads for interbank investment grade and high yield spreads. That's with a broad brushstroke. So it's not a good recipe when you're considering equity investments. All right, great. 
So let's just focus in now a little bit more on the U.S. equity market and what are we seeing there? Yeah, well, you noted um, U.S. equities had a tough month in June, which helped contribute to the worst first half of performance for the S&P 500 uh, in over 50 years, down over 20 percent. Uh, concerns remain regarding the Fed's interest rate hikes, along with their quantitative tightening program or balance sheet reduction. And the model research is showing signs of negative investor psychology, widening credit spreads, flattening yield curve. I just mentioned these before and stubbornly high inflation. And so despite the sell off we've already witnessed, uh, you might some might say, oh, well, valuation levels must be much more reasonable now. Not the case uh, as we measure it for U.S. equities it still remains uncomfortably elevated. So the model outlook is even more negative than it had been. All right, excellent. Well, let's take a look now a little more depth at India because that is an equity market that is actually more negative than it was in the prior month. What are we seeing there? Yeah, like the US, though maybe not quite as bad, India equities suffered losses in June uh, and remained down over 14% on the year. Uh, it seems like investors might be bracing for further tightening by the Reserve Bank of India, uh, India's central bank following the initial surprise rate hike that we saw in early May, and then they followed with another in June to combat their own elevated levels of inflation. So Indian equities are in this behavioral correction stage that we measure, which continues to have this offsetting effect to their relatively favorable economic growth prospects, such as you know a, a positively sloped yield curve measure, um, which is indicative of growth. If we were to see a shift to a more positive investor psychology sentiment with relief um, from their inflationary pressures, that would likely help shift the outlook more positively in the near term. However, in the absence of that, we had that more negative outlook. All right, great. Well, let's talk about the bond market. And uh, last month was uh, pretty interesting in terms of U.S. Treasuries, right? And they, the yields rose towards the middle of the month, and then they fell back down towards the end of the month. And But let's focus not as much on rates. But I think what we are seeing is a more negative outlook in terms of corporate credit. So maybe just a little bit on the interest rate environment with uh, yeah. U.S. Treasuries and then really maybe drill down a wee bit in the corporate bond yeah. market, which uh, where we're seeing some concern. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So like, as you mentioned, Treasury bonds have been on a roller coaster. They started the month around 2.8 percent. The 10 year almost touched three and a half percent intramonth. And following the July 4th weekend, touched 2.8% again. So it's been a wild ride for a bond investor. And just to put that into performance for a bond investors, you know, holding a fund of seven to 10-year treasuries, they would have lost almost 5% mid-month, only to nearly recover it all by, by month end. Um, and yet year to date, you know, that same type of fund is down uh, nearly 11% uh, through the first uh, half of the year. So it's been it's been a lot uh, in terms of how that influences and impacts credit markets. They're no doubt influenced. Uh, one of the underpinnings of measuring any form of, of credit sensitivity is starting with with the Treasury or the, the, the risk free rate. You know, our outlook is even more negative as the risk of a global economic slowdown is increasing due to the rising inflation and global monetary tightening. The threat of continued credit spread widening is of large concern. Uh, as firms may be unable to roll over or refinance their debts and or take on new debt for new projects as rates continue to rise, uh, hence the move for credit down down a peg for us. So definitely caution is warranted in the corporate bond market at this point. Yep. All right, let's shift gears, look at real assets. Um, 
I know the model is now less positive on commodities, but maybe hit both gold and commodities in the real asset category. Yeah. Uh, real assets, uh, including from our perspective, gold and commodities broadly experienced losses in June brings gold's year-to-date return slightly negative through the end of June, though commodities are still positive on the year, one of the only bright spots in our investment universe. Uh, Tight monetary policy is is helping to prop up the U.S. dollar, which generally tends to hurt gold. Uh, In addition, real rates, that is nominal rates, less inflation expectations, as indicated through the Treasury Inflation Protected Securities or TIPS market, uh, those remain positive, which is another negative for the gold outlook. Um, though gold may act as a haven with respect to all the geopolitical uh, situations that we're in, notably Russia's war in Ukraine, energy issues in Europe, the rise of labor unions going on strike, etc. So overall, the outlook for gold is mixed. And should the Federal Reserve abandon their type policy, um, gold would likely benefit from that. Uh, you know, similarly, the model research is, has a mixed outlook now for commodities. And while still undervalued by our measure relative to equities, Shorter term concerns with respect to widening credit spreads that we keep talking about, which are occurring globally, along with China's slowdown, has reduced the outlook uh, in the near term for commodities. But, you know, the potential for energy commodities to perform well in the short to intermediate term exists should energy supplies to Europe be interrupted, whether due to labor union strikes I mentioned or Russian pipeline control. All right. Let's shift gears now and discuss, I guess it's an asset class that we usually does, doesn't garner very much attention, and that is cash, which is currently among the most attractive major asset classes that we model, at least on a relative basis. So maybe if you could touch on cash and what role it pay, plays in our portfolios and how the model views cash now, that would be helpful. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, we do view cash as an asset class, and in our modeling efforts, we generate what we call 12-month forward-looking risk-adjusted projected returns for each asset class that we model, and this includes cash. These asset class projections fight for allocation in the portfolios based on their relative projections to one another, but most importantly, relative to the cash projection. Now, for some time, the cash projection has been at or near zero, so not much of a bar for an asset class with even a tiny positive projection to get at least some allocation in the portfolio. But times have changed, and the bar is rising, uh, meaning that the causal factors that drive these asset classes, uh, asset class projections, need to work harder to get into the portfolio. In the meanwhile, we view the cash as dry powder, largely being stored in U.S. Treasury floating rate securities, Uh, to be used to buy asset classes at more attractive levels when and if the opportunity presents itself. Excellent. Great. Before we go, I do want to speak to how investors may be better able to follow along in observing the economy and the markets in the coming months. As professional investors operating in the global capital markets, there are periods of time when bad news for the economy can be seen as good news for the markets. And we may be in one of those periods now. Since bringing down inflation is the Fed's main goal, at least for now, the Fed may consider some economic weakness as collateral damage in their effort to combat inflation. And therefore, market participants may conclude that some degree of economic weakness, i.e. bad economic news, such as the recent decline in consumer spending in the U.S., is actually good news in the eyes of the Fed, because in the end, some degree of demand destruction is seen as necessary to bring down inflation. 
the part of the game on Wall Street now is how much can the Fed tighten monetary policy by raising interest rates and shrinking the size of their balance sheet before they either can or are forced to stop. And if that sounds confusing, that is because it is. And it's why at 3Edge, we stick to the discipline of our model research when making investment decisions. So that will do it for Eric and me. We'll be back again in early August with the next edition of the 3Edge View from the Edge. And if you'd like a printable copy of the full 3Edge View from the Edge newsletter for July, you'll find the print version on our website at 3edgeam.com. And so for on behalf of Eric and everyone here at 3Edge, thanks for listening. This commentary and analysis is intended for information purposes only. The commentary does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities. The opinions expressed in view from the edge are those of Mr. Foltz and Mr. Beagleisen and are subject to change without notice in reaction to shifting market conditions. It is not intended to provide personal investment advice and does not take into account the unique investment objectives and financial situation of the listener. Investors should only seek investment advice from their individual financial advisor. The observations included here contain information from sources that 3Edge believes to be reliable, but the accuracy of such information cannot be guaranteed. Investments including common stocks, fixed income, commodities, and ETFs involve a risk of loss that investors should be prepared to bear.